and thanks for listening. This is Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. God's grace is for you, and if you're in the Milwaukee area, we'd love to get to know you. Please visit www.gracedowntown.org to contact us, find out about worship times, or learn more about what we're up to in Milwaukee. That's www.gracedowntown.org. Welcome back, everybody. This is Pastor Bondo with Most Certainly True, and we are excited to grace you with God's Word again today. We are continuing to think about the Bible as we get ready for our Bible reading challenge, and I'm sitting here today with Jess Tess once again and Becky Shermerhorn. Hey! Hello! Great to have you back. How are you both? Doing well. I mean, I have to be honest, like, I'm waiting for the big, like, thank you gift to come out again. Oh, you like, want another I gift? Wanted, <laughs> I was driving over, I'm like, is he going to hand over car keys like Oprah? You know, you get a car and you get a car. But, um. Okay, good call. I did think about it. I didn't think about it. I have an unused brewer's not ticket. having to put our kids to bed. That's true. Oh, there you go. I know. I texted Becky. I was like, Becky, should I come pick you up? Because then I'll miss dinner cleanup <laughs> nice timing <laughs> well coordinated and she was like yes i do need a ride so very good so does this go count ahead. it's worth it as a night out like yeah. this is what you would do for a oh. night out i mean yeah go podcast yeah why not right talk about the bible <laughs> it was funny though because when i went to becky's house jack her son who's four thought that five. I... No, five. four. You're right. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Rewind. Um, he thought that I had come over to play with him. <laughs> so he's like, my mom's leaving. Do you want to read a book? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> like, well, I'm going with your mom right now. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so That, that is really great. cute. Mm. That's great. He's probably really sad about it right now. Yeah. So. Lucas's mom <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a night out doing a podcast is fun, except for the day when you have to listen to yourself, though. Yeah. Because I was expecting myself to sound like the woman from planet Earth, and I don't. Nuts. What's her name? Don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, but... Like the soothing voice, you know? Oh. Or like he would be, you listen, you press play, and... Morgan Freeman's voice comes out. Yeah, nobody sounds soothing to themselves. <laughs> it, it, was, it is one of the hardest yeah. things to do is listen to yourselves talk. Right. Later on. I think I took a full two weeks to even listen to the podcast. After you it was the first round. Up. Yeah. It was a really long time. Mm-hmm. We uh, took a really, really long time. <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed for I was you. embarrassed to admit it, but then I finally did. So... Yeah. Well, let's have some fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about the, um, as we think about the Bible and different questions mm-hmm. surrounding, I guess, approaching the Bible and reading the Bible and yeah. where do you want to start? Well, I just, I think I have some questions about, you know, when I'm sitting in church and whatnot, I'm just wondering, like, how do pastors decide what to preach on. Uh, you have three readings and 
where do you go with them? And I'm always wondering if members ever think about that. Are <laughs> there's you really? one. No, but there's one. There's one that does. And Jess is wondering how he picked well, up. Well, more so, it's like, why did he choose that? I know. No, just kidding. No, that is honestly, but sometimes I do yeah. wonder with the three readings, like, the one that is chosen for the sermon yeah. text is not the one that I would have chosen. Right. And I always wonder, how does that come about? So what would you choose it based on? I mean, what I do you know, remember what that interest? feeling is? Yeah. One Sometimes that, it's like the one that doesn't, is not the clear lesson, maybe. Yeah. And I think the ones with the clear lessons. That's the one you'd go with. Probably the easy way out. I think, I don't think there's ever a like cookie cutter method to picking where I use the same method every time to picking a reading. Sometimes it's just maybe something that's going on. I feel like, re- mm-hmm. you know, researching more about in, in a particular book. Um, I, I like to rotate in general, so I, I usually won't do like two Gospels in a row, but I oh. like to move around. If I preach on the Gospel, I want to preach on the Old Testament and then I've go to the Epistles, so I won't necessarily do two Gospels mm-hmm. in a row to move it around. And sometimes if I feel like I don't understand something right away, or like the main mm-hmm. points and thoughts don't jump out at me, mm-hmm. I might pick that one on purpose because of the challenge. Okay. That's interesting. And then it's just like, oh, look, I really want to know what yeah. God is saying here and how it connects because I wasn't making that connection and I'm excited mm-hmm. to find out. So then when you pick the reading that you want to focus on, what do you do at that point? Is that where you start doing the language study or is it before that or after that or not at all? Or yeah, <laughs> no. Um, you know, you want to start as soon as possible, I think, as soon as you can get something on the grill, so to speak, or in the oven, the more it has time to mm-hmm. cook and, and get something done with it. So one way is you look at all the readings together and maybe you start with the gospel, even if you're not preaching on it, and just say, there's something here that sets the theme for the week. And what is that? What is that nugget? And then I, I see it reflected or applied somehow in the New Testament or anticipated somehow in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. what's happening in the gospel and so you can make threads and connections so if you put like in a Google Doc all three readings and you start highlighting stuff that you see in all three of them that jump out as a theme and I use different colors and um, then maybe things jump out like last Sunday we had Ephesians 6 and the prayer encouragement is in there you have this prayer to Jesus help me overcome my unbelief prayer and Elijah prays to God in the Old Testament you have a prayer thing so that's kind of something that's there Um, so things like that start to pop out at you but then you are going to get more specific um, to that text Mm -hmm. and I don't know about other people but it's nice to read the whole book it's in in one to time. get the whole context. I mean, you might not be looking for everything, but yeah, right. if I'm preaching on Romans, I would read the whole letter of Romans. And then you can, like, set it in its context and say, you know what? There is a break here at this chapter, huh. and my text is in this, and I'm typing notes of what mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the context or the flow of the of the book again and kind of reviewing all of that. But then you're going to go down you know, kind of lower and lower 
paragraph to paragraph and sentence okay. by sentence and word by word in an original language and just you're mining it you're, right. you're digging it through and tossing things out there you want to know some I could study a text forever and I think I keep asking questions and sometimes I get uh-huh. closer to the weekend when I'm supposed to preach and like right. I have to stop asking yeah. questions now I, I have more but I have to stop do you ever pull up old notes yeah and like pick up Mm-hmm. Where you left off. Okay. Yeah. Which is yeah. another determiner for if I've preached on it before, then I might find one that I haven't preached on yet right. and do that one. But if I have, you certainly take the old text study, mm-hmm. probably copy and paste it into a new text study right. and grow it from there. Unless you want to take the weekend off, then you just hit print. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. Even we joke about that. And uh, pastors yeah. joke about that. They don't do it, though. So that wasn't Some a new joke. Times. I've heard that before. That's good. Thanks for <laughs> um, like giving me, is that permission? It's like permission to just copy and paste the previous I don't know what that was. <laughs> sermon and put it. I, I think like you would have to have a very astute congregation to notice, don't you think? Yeah. Because if it's the same text from an entire year ago. Right. And mm. possibly a couple years, you'd have to really know someone's sermons to Mm -hmm. be able to call you out on that yeah yeah so we're now we're talking about like the language study of it and i i have this it's a loaded question like it's not a real question but just something to think about like with all the technology that we have today why couldn't i just find a hebrew bible online copy and paste a line put it into google translate and then just you know, do a text study myself. Why do you have to go to eight years of school Mm. to be able to do what you're doing? Mm, Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to learn more about how Google Translate even works. Because, you know, learning Mm. a foreign language, one word in one language doesn't necessarily translate to one word in another. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting how, how language works to begin with. That, that that's true is there's not necessarily the same associations or but in the end oh a language and meaning comes out of the fact that something's in a sentence and has an actual context in that sentence so mm-hmm. you know you think of a of, I don't know what, what would a word be that would have a bunch of like mouse obviously it's gonna have a different meaning in an office unless it's really running along the floor or something, right. <laughs> you know, but a mouse at an office, you, you're going to have to know the sentence it's in and yeah. and the context that you're talking about. So mm-hmm. to just plug it into Google Translate, but in the end, you've got a rich language like Hebrew and a rich language like Greek, and we get to know them well and how they function. And so at a word level, you're, you're working with the context to find out what does this word mean here in this verse? Right. But you're also getting to know how word order emphasis or repetition or the genres of a language or or of a culture are, are being used. You know, it's, you've ever been to like to the eye doctor and they're trying to figure out your prescription. Right. And One I don't they like two. they like flip flip flip. Yes. Yeah. Two or and three. They do these cool like sliding little click click click. They slide right. up and is this better? Is this better? Click click click. Is this better? Is this better? Yeah. When when you look at a text, it's really fun. You have all these different lenses. I could, uh-huh. if I were to look at this f- just from history or culture or linguistically, 
you know, right. discourse-wise, mm. uh, conversationally, you know, all these different layers that click, click, you're kind of running through and you want to sort of see through all of these by the end. Yes. Uh, as you just, you own it. You just eat it. You just eat that text yeah. as much as you can. And So have you ever disagreed with how someone has translated a word before? Hmm. Yeah, maybe because of you feel like it pushes, you know, pushes a reader to a given understanding okay. um, too strongly, where maybe there's more flexibility. Okay. Um, mm. But that's a, a translation is there is no perfect translation. Right. Every translation has to come down to, they have to come up with their agenda, in a sense. Sure. They have to come up with their, this is what we're going to determine is our audience and our reader and the kind of style of language. And they have a thousand different decisions to make right. before they can unload a translation. So you try not to fault them too much because... <laughs> By and large, they're working really hard on a big team, and they have a specific purpose. Yeah. And if you read like the foreword or something, something that can right. be really fascinating, getting the background mm -hmm. on a translation. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to take a break, um, and we'll start talking about translations when we pick up again. Awesome. It's great. Someone who meditates on the Word of God is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves never wither. At Grace, we think of our Sunday time together as a two-hour experience, an hour for worship and an hour of Bible study or Sunday school. Worship times are 7.45, 9, and 10.30 each morning. Bible study times are 9 and 10.15. Come, deepen your roots and grow those branches this week in God's Word at Grace. Let's jump back in and talk. Pick up some more. We're talking about the Bible and yeah, one another one of your topics to discuss deals with translation where we left off before. Um, what what is that about? Well, I you know I have the old NIV that I the eighty four nineteen eighty four right new which yeah. I had in college and loved dearly, mm -hmm. and now there's the two thousand eleven NIV that's out. Um, we also have the Wartburg project that has translated the New Testament and the Psalms with the EHV in evangelical or English evangelical heritage version. Yes, yes. that is it. I think that's a yeah. yeah. Uh, and they will be coming out with the whole Bible next fall, and it's confusing to know what which one do I, am I reading? You know, my dad is like die hard 84 NIV refuses to touch anything but that. <laughs> and then you have some churches that we've been to in the past where it's like, nope, we're doing the King James all the way and you're just going to have to deal with it. And so I would just love to talk about like, what are your thoughts on those different versions? Yeah. So you have experiences reading different ones, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I think some of it does just have to deal with preference. I mean, there's there's beautiful language in a lot of different translations. It's, it's quite an art. And I guess you could say that these teams of translators and, and mm -hmm. Bible translation producers are sort of their own 
artists to a degree and have right. as they as they make those choices. Um, you might remember that a couple of years ago we had a translation evaluation committee in the Wisconsin Synod, and they approved of like three of them. Was, these are real, uh, you know, reliable. Um, where you could you can use these translations well and they reflect well okay. the the Which meaning the? of the original languages. So at the time there was no evangelical heritage version. There was an the NIV, the new NIV, and the English standard yes. version, ESV. ESV. Yeah. And then it was the Holman Christian Standard Bible, HCSB. It's what it was called at that time. I think they've they've renamed it Christian Standard Bible. Um, now, so CSB, I believe, is the, or maybe it's almost coming out or something. I Wait, is that the women's one that the Holy Hen House uses? The C. The CSB. The CSB. The Holy Hen House gave a Bible giveaway. Oh. And it had a fantastic, oh, like, Bible women's Bible. The Shades Truth Bible. Sh- yeah. and I, I don't know which translation. I know it, is. it starts with a C. I know it, could it is be that one. It, yeah. But that was, I was more looking like at it. when we do our posts. I think it's right. normally NIV or yeah. No, I just when I was really interested in that Bible, and, but I didn't know yeah, enough about it, and I was scared, and then I freaked out and said, His spots "I'm just going to use the eighty four. Terrifying <laughs> to me. So right. yes, <laughs> no, it's um, it's just targeted to like they have within each chapter, like you can read this section, and then it has right. like if you wanted further your study read these parts of the bible Mm -hmm. like it has it all within the bible and then you have spots to take notes and stuff that's why we gave it away yeah no it was a great giveaway um i did so far i've really just been using the 84 niv and then this summer becky and i when we did the new testament challenge it was the schedule had new testament and it also had some psalms in it Mm. and the ehv had and it is english heritage version i looked it up English heritage. Yes. I kind of thought it was not evangelical heritage. Right. Thank you. Wait, maybe I messed that up. Okay, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep going. I'm <laughs> um, so sorry. I don't know which one it is. We're going to look up the look up the Wartburg project. Wartburg. And then we'll know. But anyway, they have finished the New Testament and Psalms right, is what you're exactly. saying, which is what your plan was. So Becky and I Well, I was telling Becky about it, and she was like, that's so awesome. I want to look at it, too. And then Josh, like, was, we have it. It's on our bookshelf. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. So, and the reason why um, we, or I was interested in it is because it was paperback. Mm. And so I wanted a Bible that I could throw into a purse or a backpack because none of whatever. the other ones can be thrown into a purse. No, but I no, but I care about them, right? Because yeah. this is a Bible that true eighty four NIV was one that I had with me in college through all of my Bible classes. On the front of it. Oh yeah, yes, and it has all my notes that I took, and you know I can read a book of the Bible and say, oh, I was in Kelpine's class for this one. Oh, I was in show. Like, I would class probably cry if my kids ripped note. a page of this out. Exactly. So we just wanted a paperback Bible that we could take Spill with us anywhere. Bar. Right. And we also thought it would be fun to decorate it. So I covered mine with duct tape and washi tape. You could also do contact paper and kind of personalize it yourself. It'd be a fun project with the kids, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, some kids would get into that. Mm-hmm. But so that was one of the appeals. And then also, um, it was block text, right? And so... It wasn't cluttered. Yeah. So when you were reading it, it felt more like a novel. This is more of Becky's thoughts, though, because she was she would text me. So I'll let you tell me about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I just know, like, I could hold it with one hand, which sounds really dumb. But when you're reading a lot, you know, yeah. you're reading it like a novel, so you can. Whereas my other Bible, if I tried to hold it with one hand and fall, and then half the pages would crunch, and <laughs> it's right. just a disaster. So this was just so much easier. I don't know. It just felt like you were reading. Nice design. A little fiction yeah. novel and. It was easy. Yeah. It was an yeah. unexpected surprise. Right. I didn't think I cared about it until I had it. And then yeah. I was like. And you're like, wait a minute. Maybe just the format of the Bible was yeah. keeping me from reading the Bible. Whoa. And this is Made it helping so me. so much easier. Exactly. And then when you have, okay, I'm going to read four chapters today. And then you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. This is only two pages. Right. Hmm. This is whereas when you're using it in your study Bible, it could be fifteen, fifteen because yeah. there's all the notes and mm-hmm. the way it's. And then suddenly the Bible reading minutes turn out to be like microwave minutes, right? Where you're just like, this is taking forever, but in reality, it's not. Mm. You've right. just been reading for five minutes, but it seems like that because you've had to go through thirty pages of study notes. Mm-hmm. So, which isn't wrong, and I still, like I said, I have that eighty-four NIV with all of the notes in it and mm-hmm. I, I enjoy reading that as well mm-hmm. which brings me to kind of what my plan is I, I did the Bible challenge last year with the study notes NIV I'm doing it this year with the 2011 NIV to see what that's like mm-hmm. and a reader's edition at that which we'll talk about sure. in a moment um, but then next year I plan on doing it with the EHV, which have we determined? What evangelical. I have evangelical. Right even, evangelical heritage version. Yay. We, so we got it. We can go back yeah. and forth more. <laughs> evangelical. Right. <laughs> so um, where are we? So really, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the reader's edition because... If you're familiar with the reader's edition, it takes out all of the verse notes or verse numbers, and it takes out the uh, section titles and headings, and it's just a block of text. Wow. And yeah. it looked really yeah. Nice. And the yeah. the reason why is because yeah, I I think it was in a mom's group that you were talking about how they just inserted those in later, right? Mm-hmm. Chapter divisions and verse divisions yeah some of them do not make sense to me right and what I was noticing was that complete side note yeah (laughs) that you have two things that are happening but they have a different heading so my brain was automatically saying this is a different point in time when they were within two minutes of one another and I was thinking it was a different day and a different month and whatnot Mm. just because of the heading so I'm just reading the text to see what it's like and notice the transitions that the text have mm-hmm. and how it creates time oh interesting I haven't thought yeah. about that one. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet I've got a whole week to figure it out wait okay. two I don't even know what day it is ten days something like that I think it's the twenty. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah so I'm going to have to figure that out soon so what are you using 
Um, I have an old 84 with a ton of notes in it that was a study Bible that, uh, that is one of my Bibles, but I also use a paper, a new NIV. Okay. A new NIV that I, that just I carry around. Just use the original language. Yeah. Right. Just carry around the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> the Hebrew is a little big, though I have a smaller version of the Hebrew Bible, yeah. so they're both. Fits in your pocket. Yeah. Maybe not my pocket, but. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. I'm telling you, you need to get a consumable Bible that you could just carry with you because nice. I yeah. took it's my true. 84 and I put it on top of the van and I drove home and someone was like flagging me down with like your Bible on your <laughs> word of God <laughs> and all of the pages are like folding over. My Aww. bookmarks are flying out. It was awful. So then, yeah, I just was like, we need to change this. I, I left a shut-in's house once and I don't know why I put my Bible on the top of my car, but I... I think oh, I made man. it a whole block before I knew knew my Bible was back yeah. by the driveway, oh. but still in good shape. So, what I have another question then yeah. with different versions of the Bible, yeah. the Storybook Bibles, the Jesus Storybook Bible, or my kids have the Action yeah. Comic Book Bible. Are oh, those yeah. actual Bibles? Like the Action Bible? Yeah. Are those Bibles? I mean, are they? Con- yeah. So, what do you? I guess you could say. I mean, these are these are summary stories. So. Is it the Word of God if I summarize a Bible story right. to the yeah. kids and I'm not necessarily reading the Word of mm-hmm. God? I mean, even then, I'm not speaking Greek to them either, am I? So right. when you're doing, you're getting at the meaning of, of stories and, you know, the meaning of, of God's Word and, a you know, a translation is, is looking to do that, mm-hmm. um, to faithfully carry that over. But I think these are, you know, kids' books summarize, and they, okay. they use poetry, and they're recasting. But you still have a lot of the meaning and the thoughts, uh, central thoughts of a story that are being conveyed. So, see, if you think, mm-hmm. if you're looking at an action Bible, which I think the action Bible goes, does a pretty good job of including a lot of a translation in the text. Does it? Yeah. I mean, and the whole going... flow of a page is yeah. pretty filled with stuff that's not, like, extra but or or deleted but there's plenty that's that makes it into the story as far as history stories go we're using that with the um i can't keep a kid's devotion Mm -hmm. so at nighttime Mm -hmm. and i think we're right about rebecca the rebecca story Mm -hmm. so we're not maybe a third of the way through with it so Mm -hmm. i I don't know Mm -hmm. um Kids like it though. Fun. Yeah. What is that one that's this big? Jesus Storybook Bible. Is it? I don't know. Like the one that we would have had as kids too. Oh no, I don't know. The NPH one, the blue one, the throwback that they just no, released. Maybe I don't know. We've read mm-hmm. that one like a hundred times. It seems. Yeah. Like. But it's perfect for a two-year-old's age, which is who we're right. reading with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be interesting to have all of our members bring the different Bible story books that they have yeah, for kids. we have, like, a, I mean, in our house alone, I think we have six-ish. Right. Okay, I have and I never 20 know you, plus. Yeah, it's like, you don't crazy. even know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know which one's the best, but it's yeah. interesting. My wife likes to pick based on the art sometimes. Oh, Not just she the has art, some but really she'll, good ones that she likes. She'll pick ones where she, I just love this artist. I love right. those pictures, and and so that's, that's fun. Hmm. Well, it sounds like we should take another break and kind of think about um, where or how do we talk to friends about things like the Bible 
and yeah. translating the Bible. And with. questions that a lot of people have about right. where the Bible came from or whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hi there. Have you been wanting to get better at reading the Bible each day? This is your chance. Starting October 1st, Grace is launching a Bible reading challenge to read the Bible in one year. Check out gracedowntown.org for all the information. Get the schedule, grab your Bible, and let the fun begin. Well, let's get back to it. We have really exciting material, things to talk about, because when you engage people with the Bible, mm-hmm. they have a lot of questions about where it's from and why should I trust this ancient word or whatever, these ancient texts or this book that was put together by other people in a different time, and yes. et cetera, et cetera. You know, so um, where do we begin with that? The most basic. Yeah. How do we know that the Bible is real? The most basic. How do you know the Bible is real? What would you say are parts of the answers to that? Well, I don't. I I was dabbling in an obsession with apologetics this summer a little bit. <laughs> and so I got a book that was talking about how do we know that the New Testament is real specifically. And I thought it was good. And it was on sale for like three bucks on Kindle, Amazon. Mm. And uh, since we were reading the New Testament, and I got about 30% of the way through with it. But according to the Kindle, yeah. Nice. So he was approaching it. He is a Christian. The author was a Christian. I think it's God, Law, and Community. I'm going to have to look that name up. Um, But he is a Christian, and he approached the book, though, as if he weren't a Christian. Okay. And so one thing that he said was there are a bunch of standards that a text would have to go through to prove that it is, in fact, like an original text. And um, the Bible, the New Testament, passes all of those tests with flying colors more so than other widely accepted, like the Odyssey, the yeah. Iliad. And yeah. so he says, if you throw out and say that the New Testament is not true and, um, you know, it's just, it's all fabricated, then you also have to throw out literally every classical text out there because they don't pass the same standards as highly as the Bible does. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Could they like say a... that too, like with the references between the New Testament and the Old Testament and just the historical stuff, like the chances of this being right are like one in a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah, if you were to say that this is this is some great conspiracy of mm-hmm. really smart people, you know, who who put this hoodwink on right. the world. Mm-hmm. I would say how many centuries of hoodwinking can you really pull off? Right. You know, where it doesn't get broken up by something. I, I mean, it is a pretty remarkable um Mm-hmm. From one end of the book to the other, unity of thought and purpose when you when you give it a chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the what's the alternative? So fine. And I had this conversation with my dad recently. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Bible isn't real, and and everything that God says is not true, and God's not God, and there is no God. What is the alternative? Evolution. 
So I think it takes more faith to believe that all of these tiny little things happened and the earth was on, you know, this percent of an access. It seems access easier to believe. This to, you know, right, it seems easier that to believe there's that, a like, divine being in charge and that the of Bible all. is real. And much more comforting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how somebody approaches this discussion is always going to be unique to that person, too. Some people are thinking about science when they... Mm-hmm. Some people are thinking about manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Some people are thinking about conspiracy councils and you know people throwing the books that they want into the pot. Right. And I, I think when you actually talk to somebody, you need to find out where they're coming from, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in the end... You know the the great answer to is the Bible real? Is you're never going to have a completely satisfying answer right. based on any of those fields. Even though there is a lot of great historical manuscript kind of evidence mm-hmm. that's that's out there that basically says this is definitely worth giving it a shot. But in the end, I'd say read it. Yeah. In the end, I'd say look at the books. You know, and and. How many times do you have conspiracy people, you know, uh, as prophets who are almost unwilling to do and say what God is asking them to say? Or the consequences that they have to go through for speaking God's word? How many people, that's the gain you're going to get out of this? Oh, I'm going to hoodwink people so that I can be thrown into a pit. Yay, Jeremiah. You know, they don't (laughs) dream come true. Dream come true, you know. (laughs) Moses really wants to go back to Egypt, doesn't he? No. So I I just think there's so many beautiful ways this Mm -hmm. expresses that God is stepping in to to say a a word that only he can say and only he does say. And it's awesome that he does. So. But give him a chance. You know, you you said something in there about, you know, how important it is to constantly be reading the Bible. And I heard something recently, too, that said something similar, where if you are handling money all the time, um, like a banker or whatnot, and then all of a sudden a counterfeit bill comes through, like, you may not be able to express why you know that it's a counterfeit or explain uh, but like know. you just you feel yeah. it and you know and you're like this isn't this isn't real and yeah. I think the more that we're in the Bible and we have these counterfeit Christian messages come to us we'll be able to say like mm. this is only a half truth really and this isn't really what the Bible is about um, and I think it was C.S. Lewis and I it was in the book about the New Testament that I was just talking about, he said that people come up with counterfeit Jesus or counterfeit God, um, where they only know partial truths about Jesus, and they aren't reading like all of what he has to say and all of what God's Word has to say, and so we kind of create a different picture of what Jesus is than what the Bible, um, what the Bible presents, and I think... You know, just encouraging one one another to stay like in the word every day as much yeah. as you can, or I mean, yeah. not every day, but like really just know know what you're reading, so that we can help one another with any half truths, yeah, or counterfeit gods. Yeah, you're talking about one of the huge things that bring makes Christianity and Christians so important um, in the world, and as a as a community of believers helping each other mm-hmm. to do that. But you also have the promise of Jesus. He said, I'm, I will send you my Holy Spirit. He right. said this to his 
apostles that they would be guided into everything. So we know that we have um, we have a testing point mm-hmm. for doctrine, and and it's reliable, and that's that's how we view God's word as it's it's the measuring rod. You know, where yeah. you can say this, if you're true, you say what this says. You say it like this um, for truth and, and falsehood. You can test it against God's word. Yeah. So I hope everybody keeps reading and reading and reading. That You're right. The better you can do, the better you can. I know what that, no, that just doesn't sound right to me. It's got to be another way to put it. Right. <laughs> it's It's hard, though, when, you know, you have friends that share your faith and you know I have a lot of friends in church that I feel comfortable I can talk to about with anything and they'll give it to me straight and whatnot but you also have like Facebook friends where that aren't believers and I don't even know where or how to begin with that conversation with them so you know I have one friend who always is talking about how crazy it is that Christians believe that there's a wizard in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) And don't you see that all of these rules and the whole Bible is just a made-up book to control people. And I want to have a genuine, meaningful conversation with that person. I'm not going to just, like, rip through a bunch of comments and be argumentative that way. But I don't know how to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, you know, when you ask somebody, like, what do you mean by wizard in the sky? You know, what is, what are you hearing from God's word? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a fun line I learned once, not just to say that we throw lines at people, but to say, you know, tell me about the God you think I believe in, because maybe I don't believe in him either, you know. And uh, Oh, the other thing I would think is, how do you know that a book is not true that you haven't read? I would say that this person has read. I mean, I'm getting ultra specific with this, oh. mm-hmm. but I think I agree with you. Where you know a lot of people that are saying that it's not yeah. true have have in fact not read it. Right. But this person has, so yeah. I guess it's irrelevant. But. No, but I mean, it's a good point. Interesting that, that someone. Hmm. I think. I think, though, that if you were a skeptic and you picked up your Bible and you were reading it thoroughly, or, I mean, just like... Wouldn't faith... Wouldn't it change you? Wouldn't the Holy Spirit be there? Isn't there... Isn't that the the movie, Ben-Hur? Isn't that... Right? The whole premise for the guy... Yeah. Explain that. I don't know. I I don't know if I remember correctly. Well, good example. Isn't it like he (laughs) was fighting with someone about, like, the truth... How is this? Do you know this? I don't know it well enough <gasps> to recast it. That's why I'm saying good example. Let's use an example we can't explain. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's basically like he was fighting with someone about the truth of God's word. And I think he was an unbeliever. So then he was like, I'm going to go and look it all up and tell you how you're wrong. And then... And God's word did and exactly then God's, what it tells us that it right. does. Mm-hmm. It changed him. It changed him. And then he was like, oh, I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm actually a Christian now. <laughs> it Boom. is a big book. It takes a lot to read. And if you started at a certain spot, I could see <laughs> how like, you went. Are you talking about Ben-Hur or the Bible? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not Ben-Hur. But, you know, if you did just crack open the Bible to a random right. page and say, I'm going to give it a shot, and here goes, and, like, I do not get anything of what's coming out of this. I've always thought it was fun that when the Holy Spirit 
you know, sent Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch, he happened to be reading Isaiah 53, like oh, this yeah. classic Good Friday <laughs> text. Well, let me tell you about the Savior who died on the right. cross and such a slam dunk. It's that's awesome. But I I know that people read a lot of other parts and get they get challenged by it and mm-hmm. um, but that's great. Just go side by side with them and find yeah. out what's how we can point to Jesus. Right. Well, there was a Desiring God article. I don't know if you're familiar with that blog, mm. but um, I don't read it that often. But there was a title that caught my attention, and it was talking about how um, this, it was a person that was converted to Christianity, and how that happened was that a pastor or a believer, I, I don't know if he was a pastor, but he and his wife would just invite her and her significant other over every night for dinner um sorry like once a week mm-hmm. and they just once would disagree night. sorry they would just <laughs> disagree and uh have conversations about like what is truth and what is right and um they would talk about faith and they would disagree they would leave and then the next week they would do it all over again and so I think you have mm-hmm. to create a personal relationship with someone. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, talk about the Bible and um, slowly whittle away at them. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a little torturous, actually, when you say it that way. <laughs> Cultivate new questions, you know, and foster new discussions and ideas of, of a God that you always could trace back to. Wasn't well, that what Beautiful communicating Christ is about? Love the Bible or the book? Yeah. 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 There's prepared to answer things. You know, if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. But so lots of great resources. Well, this is this is great because to wet the whistle for the importance of Bible reading to have our feet on the ground to say here's a tool God is putting in our hands to communicate love and grace get to know it better cover to cover that doesn't mean we don't stop asking questions along the way but Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for our congregation to go through this and really thankful to you both for the effort all this behind the scenes stuff you put into it and uh, we just need to pray that God really blesses which we know he will he'll bless us as we read his word and 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 digest it over the course of this year. So, grace and peace of God be with you guys as we go through this together and and continue to give us strength to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. This is Most Most Certainly Certainly True. True. That last part was pretty rough. I don't even know what I was saying. Like, I'm so tired. (laughs) 